Hello, and welcome to Glass Onion Minute. I'm your host for this week, Ryan Murphy, and joining me is my guest for this week, John Kowaleski. Hi, John. Hey, Ryan. How are you? I'm good. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about Minute number 35. That's going to cover from 34 minutes and zero seconds to 34 minutes, 59 seconds. We join our minute uh, sort of in the middle of, uh, well, near the end of Miles' uh, disruption speech. Uh, he's saying they're going to say you're crazy, that you're a bully, they'll tell you to stop. Uh, and we end uh, with Andy starting to react to uh, Miles' whole speech there. So, yeah, I guess just overall impressions of the minute. Uh, John, what do you think? We definitely start to bring Andy even a little bit more into uh, Miles's hoo-ha uh, <laughs> when he says, you know, uh, you know, they're going to tell you to stop even your partner. Yeah. And that's when we're really, you know, and I think just before that, he's saying, you know, they're going to call you crazy. They're going to call you a bully, which is definitely a, a thing that people say when, um, you know, along with, I'm just telling it like it is. Right. Yeah. Uh, when somebody's being called on the carpet about something, uh, you know, you're just calling me a bully. Yeah. Um, sort of all these kind of backwards justifications for how he treated Andy. So he's really addressing at that point that his partner, you know, called, told, told him to stop. Right. And I think maybe this is the first inkling of, we know, we know things are tense. We know there's a lot of tension between all of them and Andy. But I think this might be the first time that we get just a little bit of not quite the specifics, but, you know, obviously she was his partner and she told him to stop. Yeah. And he's framing this. He's framing, uh, you know, people tell you to stop as like, obviously the response is to keep going. <laughs> yes. With yes. no, like, maybe there's a reason people are like, Yes, I guess you could frame it as, you know, oh, they're just protecting the system. Uh, but again, I don't think Miles is, you know, nearly as uh, concerned with, you know, I, I, I just don't buy really that he's like, oh, I want to fully change whatever system he's talking about. It just seems like, well, people are telling me to stop, so I'm going to not do that. Yes, because his whole thing is like you... Nobody tells him anything, and right. our our uh, in one of the other previous minutes we were talking about the possibility that Miles is a you know is a rich kid, yeah. And you know if you're a rich kid and you've got an ego, certainly people, you know, you've got money, you can just do what you want, and especially he's probably feeling even more emboldened to. Right. Uh, to keep going because he's he's had these successes with this group of people and kind of manipulating them and their lives to sort of just get what he wants. So yeah, somebody telling him to stop, it doesn't mean he should stop, doesn't mean he should rethink it, doesn't mean he should take anybody's advice. He's right. Yeah. He's been right this whole time. I'm a right guy. I'm just going to keep going. Not going to be on your side. They're going to call you crazy. 
They're gonna say you're a bully. They're gonna tell you to stop. Even your partner will say, you need to stop. It, it sort of feels like, you know, there's a, it feels like the right approach with, with Miles Braun here is to just ignore things rather than to tell him to stop things. Like, you know, uh, early in the movie, uh, Lionel is talking about the things he's received over facts, the, you know, Uber for biospheres, right? stuff like that. So it seems like if you just ignore it, he'll move on. But if you tell him uh, you can't do this, even if it is like, you know, oh, there's a, a reason to do this, either financial, moral, uh, health and safety uh, stuff that he's just going to be that that's what is going to set him up at because the, the disruptor concept is very sort of shallow in his conception of it. It's just going to be, I'm going to keep going because you told me to stop for, and you know, I'm not going to listen to any reasons why you might be correct. Right. Because as it turns out, nobody wants you to break the system itself. But that is what true disruption is. And that is what unites all of us. We all got to that line and crossed it. See? Yeah. yeah. So, disruptors. All of us. And everybody else in his, all of the disruptors are beholding to him, except for Andy. Yeah. At, at least what we know of, I mean, what we know is that she came up with the whole concept for Alpha. Mm -hmm. And he forced her out. Yeah. So the, you know, she's the only one who really had any sway over him right who could tell him anything and he was like i am not going to i'm not going to do that i'm going to force her out i'm going to turn everyone against her um and i believe she is the person who introduces him to the group correct yeah um and we don't don't think we know how she knows him we don't necessarily yeah. get all the backstory um we get a lot of andy's backstory through a little bit of just how you know how she was a, a just like a fast mover and a, a brilliant person and yeah uh and maybe certainly a bit of an ego perhaps with the uh with her um diaries and right. the whole thought of like you know this is what my this is what my biographers are going to use right um to uh to write this stuff that is um you know that that tells us a little bit more about her but we really don't know much about miles beyond kind of what we're seeing and all we know is his background as it related to the disruptors so in some yeah. ways we could say you know is that good filmmaking but we can also think about it in a in a more symbolic way that he's he's shallow so yeah. the information we get from him is pretty shallow <laughs> yeah there, you know, there's, there's not really there's not much going on yeah yeah, yeah. It's it's just very uh I mean it's it's you know sort of gets back to the fact that of all the other you know disruptors, um each of them are doing something more than Miles is, if that makes sense. Like, you know, Birdie is uh you know working as a fashion model or an editor or 
you know, eventually she does get to, you know, she just sort of owns uh, Sweetie Pants. But, uh, you know, Duke is uh, streaming all the time and, and filming responses to Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, Lionel is a working scientist. Claire is, uh, you know, she's the governor. I believe. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think she's she is the governor. Yeah. So there's a sense in which, you know, Miles this whole time has been the thing he's been doing is owning stuff. Right. And like giving yeah. people money. And the crazy idea guy, which seems to be with a lot of these sort of, you know, tech magnates. Yeah. Um it it seems more and more like they were the idea people and then they just beat the crap out of other people to make those ideas actually work. Yeah, and it's not, you know, it's not that, you know, Miles is some visionary who has this, you know, deep-seated uh sort of need to express particular ideas it's just random ideas it's just like throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what lionel eventually doesn't ignore right 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 there's not a lot of like it's not that he's bringing you know some sort of and i i think he throughout the speech is sort of embodying this it's not that he's coming up with you know, a specific here is a problem and I'm going to seek to solve it. It's just, I'm breaking things. I'm doing things that are different than they are now with no real uh, motivation. Right. It's all about what's just sort of exciting to him. Yeah. Um, You know, he's, he's somebody who perhaps doesn't have the uh, best attention span. Right. Um, Although obviously with the faxes where he's sending crazy ideas to Lionel is the whole hydrogen thing, his idea. I mean, does he have enough of a science background to think about that? See, that strikes me as something that I I don't know that we get confirmation on where that idea came from. It seems to me that it's likely that someone proposed that idea two miles and he liked that person and he's just you know he's been told this is not workable and that is propelling him to insist that it is workable and he's going to do this no matter what right he probably just saw it on some youtube video somewhere you know it it seems like where somebody's talking about some you know yeah this could maybe work but you know and and of course is insisting that it would and he's like oh yeah maybe that would work and wing go a a fax goes out yeah that that is (laughs) i think that's almost more terrifying that you know this is a character who is uh you know doing this thing which you know we see a little bit later in the film might have very severe consequences and the responsible party is just like the youtube algorithm yeah, like <laughs> the, the recommended uh, stuff on the side there. So yeah, I mean it. It as we said in the last minute, all of Miles' speech. Uh, it's you know, it's shot in a way that 
suggests that it should be captivating that like this is what he does this is what he's bringing to the table right. um but looking at what he's actually saying it's very shallow and very sort of non-specific right um and when he gets to saying um after he's saying the thing about even your partner will tell you to stop he says uh, something about breaking the system you know, or nobody wants you to break the system itself. I think so it was, yeah. and we can see Claire in the background and she's in kind of her robe after swimming and right. she kind of reaches with her hand up to her neck in mm -hmm. sort of a, a pose of kind of like, Oh, this is about me. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, she is the one who is most in a system yeah. in politics you know, somebody can obviously with enough money can mess around with science and and influencers and, you know, you know, fashion people. They can just do whatever they want. You know, yeah. the, the system is silly. She's the only one who is really, you know, it's the most like clearly structural. Yes. Yes. And maybe the one I mean. It's true that that um lionel messing with this hydrogen energy source is bad and you know his his brain trust is telling him just tell miles to stop but claire's you know whatever it was she signed some things so that they're they could build this alternative power plant in her state um yeah that really is the last stopgap i guess right. to yeah. to go this is going to harm people you yeah. are actually putting you're you're putting people in harm's in harm's way harm's way there we go mm -hmm. um so she is the one that, that really is the the last the the last uh place you know the last stop the last exit onto right. this uh this madness yeah, and she's, you know, sort of being influenced by Miles here to uh, turn the other way on some of the regulatory things that probably should be catching this. Yeah. And which, he, yeah. Yeah, it all it all comes down. I mean, in some ways, he's he's a lobbyist. He, he is a he is a uh, political, you know, contributor. Right. And thus, as as we know, that's the kind of people who get the uh, get the ear of those in government. And that's what he's done. You know, he he in many ways owns this politician. Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting, you know, his for all his talk about, you know, we all reached that point and we all uh, broke even the system itself. Like they're still existing in a system where they are very very wealthy and powerful yeah uh it's so like the extent to which he's breaking a system doesn't seem to extend to them <laughs> it's it seems like okay well he's gonna you know sort of talk about this but it doesn't seem to me that he would be in favor of breaking the system insofar as it actually negatively impacts them Yes, yeah, that is the so, that is the thing with anybody in power. You know, they're they're yeah. breaking the system or doing whatever they knew need to do to have that power. 
And I think, uh, you know, Andy sort of calls that out here. She, you know, uh, sort of slow cap claps, calls it some real red pill stuff. Um, wow. Mm. That was some real red pill stuff, Miles. I, I want to jump back to one thing before oh, yeah. we get before we get to Andy. Yes. Uh, and you, you had started to mention this about mm -hmm. him. This is his big pitch. Yeah. This is his big selling point. He's he's doing this to Blanc. He <laughs> he's talking about crossing that line, and he you know does the double pump of giving the giving the finger, and yep. then crosses his hands, or crosses his forearms, you know, to cross that line, and that's his big ending, right? And he's ending that on that big note, and we cut to Blanc, and he's just like, okay, mm -hmm, yep, mm -hmm. sure, and and that's supposed <laughs> to be the the place where he really thinks that people go, oh, they sit back and go, wow, what happened? Yeah, that was That's, why Blanc couldn't have his phone. Yeah, and that, it just, his big ending point, which he just, you know he loves that. That yeah. is not something he thought of at that moment. That's something he's used before. Yeah. And it probably, you know, all his fans online probably really love that, and it doesn't land. So and and he just kind of goes, hmm, yeah, okay, and sits sits back, and then Andy comes in. I had to just hit that because yeah, no. it it just doesn't it doesn't get the reaction he thought it should or would. Yeah, it's absolutely like the, the sense that uh, that Blanc gives off there is just like, okay, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, all right, sure. fine. yeah, that uh, you've defined <laughs> that word for me over the past minute. Great, it was not <laughs> it was not impressive at all. Yeah, yeah. So it is funny that, uh, you know, <laughs> that he does make a big deal out of like, this is going to change your life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you go to Blanc's reaction and his, it's just like, okay, yeah. That, I can't that's done it. And now I, it's true. I wish I could unhear all of this wasted <laughs> right. couple of minutes, but I, I guess I, I will never get that minute back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, we, we wrap up with, uh, Blanc's reaction. We go over to Andy. She is not impressed. Um, I guess, what do you think of her response here? The Andy I built Alpha with, she believed it. Oh, I believed it. I believed it. It is, at this point, we don't know she's Right. Uh, we now know, we, we know there's tension. We now know that she was his partner in this and that um, it seems to be no longer. We don't know the exact things of that. The slow clap is, of course, the sarcastic, wow, that's really great. Yeah. And she says that was really red pill stuff, which is a, a reference to uh, the Matrix, the whole red and blue pill, I guess it is, yeah. you know, whether what Neo picks. And it is a very much, I believe, kind of a uh, a conservative um it shows up in a lot of yeah ta <laughs> talking about oh you took the red pill you believe this right. um kind of a, kind of it's a modern version of drinking the kool-aid right in terms of that um and so she's calling him on that and then he says more or less the andy i built the alpha with she believed it and i think she says i believed it yeah. And here's an interesting thing. We we see some flashbacks with Helen 
but we don't get much real information about her. We get it through everyone else, and we get it certainly through Helen uh, about Andy. And I guess uh, one question I wrote down was, did Andy believe this, or how much did she believe? One of the things, I wish I'd written down specifically what it is, and, and it's true, you know, when, you know, I'm, you know, we're we're just normal, non-rich, non-influencing people in the world. So when this, who seems to be kind of a dopey character, starts starts to spiel, I, I was kind of listening to it and going, okay, I guess you're, you could do these things and become a big wig, but doesn't right. mean you will. Yeah. And when they get to the point of, and what all the stuff that Andy writes down on this napkin, which becomes, uh, you know, the big, uh, the Maltese Falcon, I guess. Yeah, it's, of, it's the, of the court case. You know, yeah. it's it's the thing that everything revolves around. I paused it and looked at what is on this napkin. Yeah, and it, it probably would have been a little bit better if we never saw the napkin. Yeah, but if you look at the napkin, I don't remember what exactly what it has. But it just has a bunch of buzzwords on it. Right. That's all it has. You know, it, it, I don't remember exactly, but it has, you know, synergy and, you know, paradigm shift, you know, things that you had mentioned before. Yeah. It, it, it just has crap on it. It yeah. doesn't. So she obviously did believe this and somehow was able to put this into into effect or into into motion and uh, it does feel like miles was the money she was the idea person and now that i think of it all this stuff with miles i mean i don't know it the trial just happened a couple months ago right obviously they were all sort of involved at that time but they all talk about miles specifically affected them right you know so it's crazy facts is coming from miles it's crazy you know it's the sweetie pants thing um so it is kind of weird you know it's like did all this stuff happen within those couple of months they were obviously involved in alpha in some way right but they're all talking about the stuff that miles did including you know and maybe he was still like you know the crazy the crazy idea man and some, you know, and Andy was allowing him to run some of those ideas. But I feel like she was more the business person who somehow built those, all those buzzwords into something. Yeah. So obviously she did believe some of this. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's sort of interesting to, uh, have this situation where you know he's he's saying uh you know the andy i bit alpha with she believed it she is certainly not the andy he built alpha with she's not andy yes (laughs) Uh, so it's he's almost kind of i mean you get into like what does he think is happening here uh how does he think that that she's uh come to this island right but yeah it, it is yeah, I, I guess we don't know the extent to which the real Andy 
believed the stuff that that he's saying. And yeah, having looked up a picture of the napkin, there is just a lot of crypto scalability uh, <laughs> timestamp. Yes, <laughs> just manpower and little uh, stick figures. Yeah, I, it's there's a lot crypto management. I yeah, nothing sure. n- nothing there tells you that this is you know. <laughs> This is not this is not the Ark of the Covenant, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, nothing like that. And it, it's it is interesting in hindsight when we think about it. About Helen is you know this isn't Andy, this is Helen. She's playing a part, and she's giving the answer she thinks yeah. is what Andy would say. Yeah. So, you know, it it is just it is just kind of fascinating. Um, how you know how how she's able to just sort of and you've got to think too that miles miles knows her the best right and he does not know what her game is and certainly she's going to be standoffish because obviously you know he was trying to he was trying something with her and it seemed like it didn't work he doesn't know exactly so yeah. maybe that is the crux that allows Helen to be Andy without, um, without Miles uh, knowing, because I would think that she and Miles, out of out of all the people there, would know each other the best because they were right. they were partners, so they had to work um, together. Or and probably, I, I guess what I want to say is he, out of all of them, probably knows Andy the best. I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, of course, Andy was all their friends beforehand before she brought in Miles. So who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there is also an aspect, uh, you know, uh, getting into a bit of spoilers for the rest of the movie, uh, as we kind of have been. Um, there's also it, it, it's further complicated by the fact that she's giving the answer that she thinks she should be giving, uh, that she thinks that Andy would have given. She's playing this part. She is also drunk. Uh, yes, yes, because yeah. of the kombucha uh which like our minute ends with her sort of holding that out and peg reaching up to grab it uh sort of like it's gonna just be dropped if uh, if she doesn't do that so it's interesting to see how much like you know that character helen is holding together uh yeah. <laughs> to respond to you know what we've talked about as a very banal Here's some stuff that, like, I I don't see Helen agreeing with what he's saying or putting too much stock into it. Right. Just as a character, she doesn't, she seems like that would be like, oh, yeah, that's the nonsense that Andy was involved with. Right, right. And um, it's funny when she, if I remember correctly, when she hands the the bottle to Peg, Peg is smiling a little bit um, because Andy is, is taking miles down um is taking the wind out of his sails um yeah and i think that that continues enjoying it that's uh you know sort of more uh of peg acting not really as an audience surrogate but uh just her reactions throughout these five minutes uh you know whether it's sort of rolling her eyes when uh when birdie starts talking or you know sort of taking a big breath and puffing out her cheeks when Birdie starts talking about Beyonce. Right. <laughs> like 
just a lot of great reaction work we've got going on from Peg here. Yeah. And in some ways, I think it is a little bit of audience surrogate. You know, she's a yeah. she's a normal pe- people. She's a normal person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, an outsider like we are. You know, I, I mentioned the thing of just like listening a little bit closely. Like, oh, is is he actually going to say something of substance? Um, yeah. <laughs> and, because I'm not that person. You know, and I'm certain we all have heard um, people, people of influence, people, you know, who uh, motivational speakers and such where they talk about you know they might use an example of you know could be you know steve jobs or right uh you know edison or somebody like that and it's like well they did this or they thought this thing and when you think about whatever thing they thought or or did or concept it it doesn't it doesn't necessarily say okay you here's the steps and you will get to this place and all the stuff we've heard from Miles is definitely not a thing that takes you from, you know, point A to point B to point C in your Miles. It's like there's point A and then nothing. Right. <laughs> and then somehow point C happens, maybe because you have family money. Yeah. You got to just <laughs> disrupt your bootstraps or, yes. or whatever you do to those. So, yeah, I mean, that's sort of where our minute ends. I guess a more general uh, overlook. Uh, We've talked about this movie uh, for the past uh, five minutes, five episodes. Uh, And, you know, we've talked a bit about um, that you uh, preferred Knives Out to this. I guess what is your overall take on uh, Glass Onion as a whole? Um, I feel it it is super entertaining. Mm -hmm. It is you know it it doesn't have it, it's true that knives out has that uh the the traditional structure yeah. of you know murder in the house we have all these people um there we don't know with um in glass onion uh, about the murder until we're very far in you know we all right yeah you know, we're all like well i mean we we think it might be miles that will actually get murdered he's already right. you know they're already selling it as come to a murder mystery type of thing right and then uh duke dies spoiler alert and <laughs> um and then we i yeah duke dies and then we find out that andy's dead right and so you know the mysteries are twofold and you know it i th- i think it's it is super fun it is super fun it it maybe pales just a little bit by comparison yeah um but it's it's super fun it's a fun thing to watch again um i think with both of them obviously i think ryan johnson has been calling it a reset in the in the middle of the movie yeah where you kind of know what happened and now there's other things that happened in that puts other things that you thought happened in a different light and you yeah. get a little bit of flashing back and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so it, it he's not necessarily taking the structure of an Agatha, you know, murder on the Orient Express where everything yeah. is the mystery. And once you get to the end of the mystery of just knowing what happened and who did it, then it's over. Right. Um, so, you know, terrifically fun just uh, just a blast i'm looking forward to the next one 
Yeah, you know, I think it, it much like the thing about Kate Hudson uh, as a character actress. I feel like this opens up uh, uh, Daniel Craig as a character actor. Yeah. Um, in a little bit more. I mean, I know that he was a working actor before, kind of mostly playing sort of slime balls mm-hmm. before he was James Bond. And, you know, he's done a couple of other things that seem like he's, you know, kind of being Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford's always kind of playing Harrison Ford. Yeah. Um, but this is just a just a, de- a complete departure. And it's it's great. And I hope he gets to do, you know, other wacky stuff uh, that that is, you know, he's you know, he's got enough money. He's got enough credit. He's a movie star. He can go back to sort of being uh, a character actor and really spreading that because he doesn't, he doesn't have to worry. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have to worry. So uh, all in all. That was my thought. So what are your thoughts on, on Glass Onion as a whole? I mean, yeah, I think, you know, probably, I probably would still um, say I would rate Knives Out, I guess, a little bit higher than Glass Onion, although I loved both. Um, and yeah, I think it does a lot of interesting stuff, you know, um, just thinking back through, I haven't read uh, as much Christie as I would like to, but you know, there are stories where, uh, you know, you do come to something in the end and that re sets your perception of the whole book. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, the murder of Roger Ackroyd is what I'm thinking where you get to the end and the end recontextualizes the whole book. Um, I think it's interesting how he's pulling that off, uh, both in knives out with, you know, uh, basically just like who can we trust uh who is actually helpful to marta um and in glass onion uh you know discovering that andy has been dead this whole time this is helen her twin sister um and and going into you know how does that recontextualize everything we've seen up to that point um, right right i mean you know both from little things like oh Andy seemed dismissive in this scene. Uh, she was being dismissive, but she was also, uh, she'd had some uh, kombuchas or, uh, you know, just sort of what thinking about what does Miles think is going on? Does he realize this is her sister uh, before that sort of revealed? Um, yeah. I mean, I think I'm just very excited to see what he's going to come up with next. I, I, I've really enjoyed, uh, as we talked about yesterday, uh, a lot of his work, uh, a lot of, you know, sort of the mystery work, whether that's Knives Out, Glass Onion, Poker Face, um, even like the episodes of Breaking Bad that he directed, uh, big fan of those. Um, and also with that, I, is he directed, uh, did he direct Fly? I believe he directed Fly. Fly? Uh, I, don't, I don't know about that. Oh, so is... it's a it's an episode of Breaking Bad that you oh, know, okay. at the time was uh you know sort of panned uh because okay. it is a very slow moving sort of bottle episode okay uh that when you're watching a show like that from week to week it can be frustrating to get this like slow moving character piece sure uh on we my uh we rewatched it recently and it's just it's a brilliant 
brilliant episode. Oh. Um, and I know that, you know, the first time I watched that through, I was not, I, I don't want to say I hated it, but it was definitely like a, okay, we're slowing down and it kind of seems like we're doing that for reasons I don't understand. So right, right. I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, with the third Benoit Blanc movie and going forward, just like what is going to, how is he going to keep doing this? How is he going to keep, you know, the idea of recontextualizing things throughout the movie fresh? Right, uh, right. Because yeah, I, I can see that also, you know, becoming a gimmick, right. which I don't think it is here, but I can see it. Uh, there are ways to do it that would be less convincing than what we've got here. Right. And and other people have brought up that you know, a bit of a, a theme, if you want to call it that, is kind of eat the rich in both of these yeah. movies. You know, that people with a lot of money and a lot of power, um, sometimes money that they didn't earn themselves or whatever, you know, uh, people who are certainly in the in knives out we have the family uh and uh, you know her relation or you know basically the uh the comparison between the family and marta mm -hmm. um in terms of uh privilege and not right. privilege and in this one I, I think even though, yes, we've got Peg there as kind of, you know, a normal person. Right. Uh, but certainly the the outlandishness of everything with, um, I was about to say Elon, Miles. <laughs> right. Uh, the outlandishness of all his stuff, like the, you know, the, the, the sculptures that are part of the dock that rise up. There's just right. so much stupid stuff stupid rich person stuff in here car that, on the roof that, that definitely car on the roof <laughs> that's where I, yeah car on the roof why is it on the roof because they don't allow cars on the island uh, <laughs> right okay um that there, there's so much rich person dumbness that you can definitely see there is the difference between us the viewer watching mm -hmm. the this person and his you know his uh cavalcade of of uh flunkies right so uh so you know it's i i know he ryan johnson addressed it a little bit in terms of saying that's not what it's about but it'll be interesting to see the next one to see if it is a bit about class and privilege yeah. Uh, yeah. again you know well, i guess we'll see but definitely interested to see what happens yeah uh all right well is there anything else uh we should cover for for our our last minute here i don't think so we we definitely went all over the place and dug about as deep <laughs> as we can in this stuff so uh so you know we we definitely got a a juicy section yeah that had mostly to do with uh with some with the relationships of him and birdie but yeah. definitely his sort of manifesto right. of uh of, of the disruptors and what it all means which is just about nothing yeah all right well uh thank you very much uh for listening thank you john for for joining me this week it's been a, a real pleasure to have you on it's super fun thank you ryan so uh yeah uh is there anything you'd like to plug let me plug something i haven't plugged before <laughs> i'm a working cartoonist and i've been plugging 
uh, my parental strip these last few days, mm -hmm. uh, daddydays.com. But if you're thinking to yourself, eh, a comic strip about parenting, that's eh, not my thing. I used to do a comic strip about a talking monkey in the real world. Um, <laughs> somewhat a gentle society satire when you get right down to it. Because the monkey is just mostly talking to people around him or he works with or his landlady. Everybody else is crazier than this talking monkey. Um, it's called Bo Nanas. Yep. Another terrible pun, just like Daddy Day's. <laughs> Uh, B-O-N-A-N-A-S. That's the name of the monkey. Get it? And uh, it it I it ran for about uh, four years in the aughts, as we might be calling them. And you can find it at gocomics.com. The reruns are still up there. Um, they run vastly untimely. Like, I think... I don't know, somewhere in April, uh, some Christmas one ran. ran. So <laughs> it's way off, but it's a, it's maybe a little bit, uh, I don't know, edgier, funkier, whatever. Uh, yeah. My parenting strip definitely is a little bit gentler. Mm -hmm. um, but if you'd, uh, you know, if you want to take a look at that, please take a look at that too. And, and thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Uh, and please uh, take a moment to uh, subscribe to Glass Onion Minute on your podcatcher of choice. Rate and review us wherever you got this. Um, and follow us on Twitter at Glass Onion Minute, uh, all one word. Uh, so once again, uh, John, thank you very much for uh, the last five episodes this whole week. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, and we will be back uh, on Monday with more Glass Onion Minute.